You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform with actors in over 20 Broadway shows working with us on an interactive fitness app. You can join the fam by just simply going to the website, builtforthestage.com, and we can work one-on-one marrying a career in theater with a pursuit of fitness. Uh, Yeah, thanks to BPN. Probably Podcast Network. <clears throat> you can check them out at bpn.fm. Excuse me. Bright and early here in the East Coast of the U.S., 9 a.m. Just got done with a dog walk, and I'm really excited to skip over to the pond in London, which I believe it is currently 1 p.m. over there. I'm excited to start my day off like this. I appreciate that our guests took a midday break to chat with us. Currently, our guest is in Life of Pi in the West End. It was the first show that I saw when I took my trip to London, and I was so, so glad that I did. The cast uh, is just packed with amazing storytellers, and yeah, I just can't wait to chat with our guests and get to know uh, more about Kevin Shen. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin Shen. Hey! Hey! Nice to meet you, Joe. Thanks for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. So, like I was saying before, um, no pressure here on this podcast. We're super chill. So, to just prove that, I'm going to put you on the BFTS hot seat. So, what 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 better way to be chill than to say, "Hey, you're on the hot seat." Are you ready? A lot of pressure here. Sure. I you. A lot of pressure. All right. If you were to walk into your living room or apartment or house and on TV, there's a movie playing. What is that movie that no matter what is going to stop you and say, Oh, I got to watch this movie. Oh no, it's going to be something terrible. (laughs) That's that's usually the case. That's, I mean, it's gotta be that way. It's going to be, Oh man. What kind of question is this? I'm like, Oh, uh, uh, um, it's going to be like either like Good Will Hunting. Really there like we go. That's a great answer. Newsies, the musical. That's a great answer. 
That's a great, both of those are great answers. All right, continuing on the hot seat. When you are maybe uh, going to the theater or to the, to, the, to the store or whatever errands, what is a song or two that's always going to be playing on your playlist if you're listening to music? Oh, man, I'm terrible at the hot seat. You know what I've been doing? I've been listening to podcasts. Okay, great. Uh, Tell me. I love music, um, but I'm listening a lot of um, – like the daily New York Times daily and script notes. Those are those play a lot. Perfect. That's a great answer as well. Uh, in London, terrible answers. I'm completely no. avoiding your questions. No, Goodwill Hunting is definitely a movie that I yeah. would definitely say. Oh, I got to. I got to. This is a classic. I got to watch this. And hello, we're on a podcast now. So shout okay. out. To the okay. Yeah. Shout I'm out. giving great. Yeah. Shout out to the podcast. All right, for us Americans, we're in London. We don't want to do something cliche as far as like a restaurant goes. What's like a hidden gem that you love in London to eat at? Oh, this is easy. Um, so my favorite restaurant in London that you probably won't find. Well, you'll find it on Eater 38. Um, but it's called Kaitor Kitchen. Okay. It's an elephant castle, which is, you know, a little not the most touristy second of town. But it's a Guyanese uh, place, a little, a little tiny place, um, and the cuisine is uh, delicious. Uh, it's run by uh, Auntie Faye, Auntie Faye. She's a wonderful chef, uh, and Guyanese food is kind of like a, um, a fusion of like Afro-Caribbean, and Indian, and Chinese, and just kind of like uh, super flavorful and super delicious. All right, what's your favorite dish from there? Oh man, I eat everything there. Her spinach rice is mind blowing, um, and then uh, I'm really into her fried chicken. Um, also, her like her beef stew, her roast pork, everything. I think I give that. I might go there like literally like two, two days a week. <laughs> okay, perfect. Okay, so great answer. All right, if you were to be reincarnated and come on to this earth as an animal, which animal would you be? Um, probably. Uh, a bird of prey of some sort. I think flying would be really cool. Okay. Like, but like, not like a pigeon because I hate pigeons, but like, um, but like, uh, something that could kill pigeons. What if you went prehistoric and you were like a pterodactyl? Yeah, that'd be cool too. I'd be okay with that. But like a pterodactyl in like modern day, I think that'd be really cool. <laughs> even better. Even better. Yeah. Much. Even better. Uh, all right. Last, uh, last question. If you were to play any role in any TV show, movie, musical, play, what's a role that you'd want to, to take on? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think like, I'm not gonna give like, I'm gonna like a quite generic answer. I think it's like, it's like finding really exciting new writing with Asian American protagonists, right? So just like being a lead in something new that features an Asian American, which, you know, doesn't happen Perfect. all that often. So. Always fun to create something from scratch, right? Exactly. All right. Congratulations, Kevin. You are off of the hot seat. <laughs> just start. You know, just like to shake it loose a bit. Shake it loose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everyone that's listening, we got to learn just a little bit about Kevin there. Uh, just wanted to shout out in the middle of this, go to Instagram at underscore K Shen to learn more about Kevin. We'll also have 
uh, more information in the description of this episode. So make sure to follow all things Kevin Shen. All right. So jumping into let's do Life of Pi first, and then we'll backtrack and talk a little bit more about you just personally. I really love your character's journey uh, specifically as the person interviewing Pi throughout because, like, you almost are the audience. Like, we share this role of listening to the story unfold as as it's going along. Tell us about either the rehearsal process or maybe that daily journey that you take on stage um, being the one who basically is trying to bring this story out of Pi. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's exactly what you say. It's it's that uh, the audience's journey and kind of the um, the the I guess struggle of of believing or being moved by what I'm saying. And it's it's exciting. I think every night you find different things in terms of like, um, especially in I'm not I spoilers, but in the last scenes of like like the reasons behind telling the story and kind of how how he or I interpret it. Um, I think every night you just find new stuff and it's a, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting part because it's so sort of removed from, from like the fantasy world in that like our scenes are, are very separate in that we're, you know, with Pi in the present day and he's, he's telling us these stories. Um, so, so you, you know, some, I mean, obviously I'm in, in the rest of the pieces as well, but you don't kind of like, you're not in like interacting, you're interacting with Pi in a very different state, right. Than when he yeah. is, uh, in, in flashback. And so, uh, it's, it's fun to kind of, um, you know, play with him when he is recounting it, but then also thinking about like, um, how each aspect of the story that he's told you or that I've heard uh, is affecting me. Yeah, it's a very wishy-washy answer. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no. The, the recent interview I did with Tondi, uh, she was saying that she was going on as Pi. Did you, yeah. were you on stage? Were you in that performance with her? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So I saw a new one uh, when I was there. Tell us just about that, like different energy because Pi is a very like, they go on a journey, this character, for yeah. sure. Ups and downs. Uh, yeah. What was that like to have Tandi up there with you? It's it's great. Like, um, she, they, so we have Tanvi and then um, Nuan is is the kind of the most regular pie, and then Chirag is the alternate pie as well. And so um, he does two shows a week. And so basically there's always a different energy pie. And with Tanvi, it was really fun because I hadn't done scenes with Tanvi since rehearsals, right? And so just like kind of seeing the way she interprets things um, that, you know, obviously the gender dynamic is also different. Like how um, it's one thing to to scream at or scream, yeah, speak harshly at a, a you know, a boy who's yelling back at you versus, um, you know, a, a kind of a bouncy girl who who has a bit more playfulness to her. Um, and so it's like, you have to adjust to, to what works in the room and the, and the, um, you know, the blocking changes cause they all do what they want. So, um, it's fun. It brings some new life. And I think she would, she did a great job, um, as I, and it was really exciting keeping on our toes and just technically like it was kind of like, you know, um, 
obviously the script changes because she's a girl. And every time we refer to Mr. Patel, we now refer to Miss Patel, um, which was uh, uh, more stressful going in than I thought it was going to be. It was actually pretty <laughs> easy on stage. Once you're on stage, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm talking to a girl. I'm not going to call her Mr. It's fine. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going through your like your resume here, your bio within, uh, if, if you're watching on YouTube, I have my, my script here. Just gave a plug to five guys over there too. Hey, five guys. Um, <laughs> going through your, your list uh, of shows and TV shows and film, how has this show been different than anything else that you've done, if it, if it has been? What was a couple of highlights in this show? This, I mean... This show is is very much a kind of spectacle uh, that that is super crowd pleasing. And I mean, not to say that all the other things weren't, but like I think there's so much in terms of like the the like puppeteering and the physicality and the the kind of um, I think the physicality and the and like the ensemble. We spent a lot of time doing kind of like puppetry work and like kind of, um, and we, we warm up together like quite aggressively, uh, you know, every day before the show. So I think mm -hmm. that is, um, it's really, it's brought the cast together in a, in a nice way and, and brought like kind of this awareness of when you're on stage and kind of the, the, um, and I'm trying to be like, well, I guess we have that in other shows too. But the, I think what's special about what's special about this one is that it is at such a mass scale, and there's so much like um, kind of moving parts. And uh, in, in some point, in some points, because obviously we came in as like the replacement cast, and like a lot of the tech was already in place, and a lot of it coming into rehearsals was like some of it we're acting, and some of it is just really choreographed because you can't die. Right. It's like you have to move here so you don't fall into a hole or you something doesn't crush you. Right. Um, yeah. I think having that kind of like um, mass uh, kind of like physical and spectacle um, with this, all these people uh, is pretty special and pretty different. Um, there yeah. are <clears throat> the storm yeah. scene, the, the storm scene is scene is wild. The one yeah. hits and everything, yeah. everything that's going on with everyone in the cast. Um, yeah. You, I'm trying to retrace in my memory here. Did you do some of the debris, or tell me about what some so, of the puppeteering you had to do? So I, I do not that much puppeteering. Uh, I do a few of the in the zoo in the beginning. I, I do some butterflies and some fences. I move fences mm. around. Um, and then I'm the captain in the ship scene, and so I'm running around. I do the I do the boat that comes through, <laughs> um, uh, and then I do some fish. I do the the fish ballet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it's it's interesting because I um, obviously I, I come in so kind of regularly throughout, and so uh, I have some very fast changes <laughs> I was, yeah i was gonna say how have you how how was that in the rehearsal process of like my my main role is tell me it's mr okamoto oh, yeah. yeah my main role is to really hit this home and and knock this out of the park but at the same time i'm having to worry about shuffling all this other stuff with the quick changes and being on for the scene 
Uh, was that difficult at first, like finding your center each time you revisited the stage as uh, Dr. Okamoto? Um, I it's, feel it's, like it's all right. You know, I'll take the promotion. Yeah, we just um, we just gave, we just gave your character a, a, a new service. Yeah, um, I you know I never really have a hard time kind of finding him back. I think like when you're back in that scene, um, back in the hospital scenes. Uh, it hasn't been so bad coming every now and then, I think in the beginning where you were like, uh, I know that, I know that my clothes are not on completely. <laughs> <laughs> I know that my fly is down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I discreetly zip up my fly in the scene. Um, so things like that, you know, kind of get just, just, you know, in your head a little bit. Um, but, uh, I think, you know, you find that focus, um, and, and kind of like what you're that character um, and you, you know, you, there are always distractions that, you know, you work around or you just kind of push through. It's the theater. It's yeah. fine. Um, but yeah, it, and I think it was, it was like the quick, there's like, I have a great quick change coming out of, uh, it's like a 45 second quick change where I basically have to do a full, um, full costume change. Um, and like basically I'm getting like my I'm getting like like mic checked as I'm like, you know, buttoning up my shirt and walking on the stage. Um, and it's, you know, uh, in the first few times it was like, oh, uh, and now it's just like a dance. So yeah. it works. Cool, cool. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That that is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. Well, let's uh, I want to segue now to more like general like career questions and just like life questions. Um I think you're a great person to talk to because of your vast experience and like your, I would have to assume consistency. Um, again, looking at your bio, what's something that you've practiced throughout uh, daily life or weekly, monthly, yearly, whatever that has you think attributed to your um, consistency in a career of performance where a lot of us might be listening or like, Oh my God, I'm riding this wave of ups and downs, which I'm sure you have as well. It's kind of inevitable in this career. But again, what are some practices that have kept you like just on this this track of of booking? <laughs> Good question. Besides, um, besides your obvious talent, because it's my it's my uh, opinion that like you know talent only goes so far. Yeah, um, it's hard to say specifically because it is it is very you know inconsistent as always. I think any actor goes through it. Most actors go through it. I think for me, I was lucky because I came. I was lucky. I don't know, that was a 
Dr. Clark say. Um, for me, it was slightly uh, interesting because I came into it later in my career, right? So I switched careers from like the corporate world um, and uh, and started acting, you know, after I decided to move away from a job that was very secure and paid me a lot of money. Um, and so I've always had that mindset of being like, okay, this is, I know I want to do this. And so everything I do um, is in service of this kind of this career. And so it's, it's like, if things are not, not happening, it's like, what can I do to make, to, to, you know, provide myself with opportunity, whether it's producing a play or starting to write. Um, and then, and then like everything I, I like my mindset, I guess, in terms of when I'm doing stuff, I did a lot of, you know, when you, when you're working a, a second job or, you know, a, you know, the job that pays the bills, it's always like, well, this is, um, you know, and a lot, I think a lot of people like get really frustrated by it or, you know, it can, it can be quite soul destroying, but I always think of it being like, well, this is just an aspect of my acting career that makes me money so that I can afford the things that are contributing to my acting career. Um, or, um, you know, uh, you know, what, what is my, what are the things that I'm doing today, whether it's like reading the trades or like, you know, reading, reading books that have been optioned or um, things that are just like, what is this in terms of where I want my career to go? Um, and what are my next steps? And what, I guess yeah. it's just this kind of mindset of always doing stuff. I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I want to, I think we, I, I stumbled upon gold there. I can't wait to talk about this. Tell us more about, you're in this corporate job and you decide I'm going to give up this nice paycheck and just go do a life of performance. How did this, how did this, this is going to be great. I can't wait. How did this happen? Um, so I've always wanted to be an actor. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, you grow up as, as the children of immigrants and they're like, this is a terrible, not secure job. And you know, I was a very good student. So I kind of did my, um, you know, my multiple degrees and, you know, it was quite, you know, quite what are, what are your degrees in? So we get to know you, what are your degrees in? <laughs> uh, I have a computer engineering degree. I have a bachelor's in computer engineering and a master's in sociology from Stanford. And then I did an MBA at the Wharton school. Um, after I worked for a couple of years in New York and then I, I went to Wharton, to my MBA, and then I moved to London with a job um, kind of doing, um, strategy type stuff at a startup um and it was just like you know you you learn that like working in an working in an office is just not exactly what you want to be doing and i was doing like um i was doing amateur dramatics at the time uh like kind of like a, after work i'd be going off and like doing plays with um groups out in the you know outskirts of london um doing plays uh and then uh, the recession hit, and I basically got made redundant. I got basically got fired, and I was like, "Great!" I was looking for another job anyway, um, and so I got a little severance package. And um, you know, instead of going to another job, which I was um, thinking about, it, I was like, "Well, this is perfect. I'll use this opportunity to, um, yeah, try this acting thing out uh, since I've been doing it." Was it that? I w I'd love to zoom in on that because I feel like we all the universe at some point gives us these opportunities and yeah. some people will take it and some people will just continue on the path and just get the next office job. Was yeah. it that, was it that easy for you? Was it just like, Oh, cool. I got laid off or fired or whatever. 
now I'm going to go do acting? Or did you kind of wrestle back and forth? Were, was your family, was that a struggle to finally tell your family, hey, I'm not going to go get another job like this. I'm going to do this performing thing. Yeah, it was it was all a bit tricky. Uh, we didn't tell my dad for a year. <laughs> um, but uh, I, um, yeah, I thought about getting. I talked to a lot of people. I had the severance. I was always going to be like, let's do let's let's do a little bit of time um, exploring it and seeing seeing if I can get anywhere. I you know, but a lot of people kind of like. Um, started making the inroads, um, and then I uh, I found a kind of a job, uh, basically teaching teaching the GMAT, which is the business school entrance exam, which is very flexible and very lucrative. And so at that point, it was like, well, this can sustain me, um, and uh, I don't really need to go back into an office job. And so I was pretty lucky to find something that was super flexible and um, could support me while I was figuring out this acting career but and then yeah so did so since you went to uh college for quote unquote normal things uh how did you start uh honing your craft as an actor did you start jumping into classes or or has all of this been just kind of like organic i just go by what's inside <laughs> of me <laughs> so basically i started my career i i'd always as i said i've always been like acting since i was you know, little in school plays and kind of like, I'd always loved it. I was doing Amdram and I was doing stuff at the time. Um, I was like, you know, at the time I was, um, you know, I was in my 20s, so I was not that old, but I was like, I'm too old to go to drama school. Like, I can't waste any more time. I've already gone to grad school, you know? And um, and so I was like, well, London has, a, has kind of a stigma around training. It's like quite, you know, everyone comes out of training and like, you know, that's how you get your agent. That's how you get, get showcases and stuff like that. So it can be quite difficult to break in. I did find, I did get an agent um, and uh, actually through one of the Amdram shows that I was in, I didn't tell anyone it was Amdram. It was quite, it was quite, um, you know, uh, high level. So a few agents came and I signed with it. I signed with the one and then um, basically you know, I have this MBA from a really good business school. So I was like, well, why don't I just produce a play? Um, so I produced a play basically as my quote unquote showcase, which ended up um, doing really, really well. Um, we had a great run at a new theater in London and we ended up transferring into the National Theater, which is a pretty, uh, pretty unprecedented move, I think. Um, and so pretty much one of my first jobs. Uh, That's amazing. Was, That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Wait. So. Yeah. Okay. So you're Kevin, you're way too humble. You're way too humble. You just, you just skip over these things. Like it's just nothing. It's just nothing. Wait. So tell us, tell us about <clears throat> that experience as a first time producer. Did you have anyone, um, excuse me, sorry. <clears throat> Did you have anyone alongside of you, like guiding the way, or or just because of your business background? Yeah, tell no, us. No, I had I had a lot of uh, great support. So basically, I um, I was doing this acting workshop. These acting workshops that I uh, met. Everything is just my life is very fortuitous. I met a I met a um, a woman and a girl at the National Theater, just like watching a show one day. And she was like, oh, I'm running these acting workshops that were, that were great for me starting out. So I would go kind of every week and I made a friend there who was also kind of a later career actor. She was uh, she was Oxford. She was really cool. I'm still very good friends with her. And um, 
And um, there was a director there that was running a workshop, and it's a very long story. And he like pulled me into like we're here like, for it. We're here. We're here for it. That's what we're here for. We're here for the stories. So he was like, "Oh, you have an MBA? Come, uh, can you help me produce some stuff?" And I was like, "Well, you know, we'll see how it is." Um, and I brought in Lucy, who was my um, who was this friend from Oxford, um, and uh, and we were like, uh, you know, working on producing this guy's play. Um, he turned out to be not a uh, not a great person, um, but we um, we were like, "Oh, we can probably do this ourselves." Um, like producing doesn't seem that hard. He's, he's doing it, and so I. Um, I looked, I went to the same, so David Henry Kwong, who's like one of the biggest playwrights in the world, um, was a Stanford alumni. So I looked up his email data, uh, email address on our alumni database. I like sent him an email and was like, hey, can we, uh, can I produce Yellowface? And uh, at the time, uh, he hadn't had stuff in London since like M Butterfly in I think 89 it was, um, like Anthony Hopkins on the West End. Um, and he's super cool and super down to earth and he was like yeah sure and so lucy and i um were first time acting producers and we're like let's do it and you know we didn't really know what we were doing but we you know met met a lot of people for coffee we just like, reached out to people um i met another really good friend of mine now but he was uh another random story i was like outside the theater trying to like look for tickets to a show that someone i knew had directed and he was standing outside the theater, and he was like, uh, I don't know anything about the box office, but um, do you want to come to an invited dress rehearsal of the show? And I was like, okay. Um, so I just went in, and it turns out he was a producer. And so I was like, oh, can I sit down and have a coffee with you? Um, and he kind of ended up being like my kind of producer mentor. Uh, he's a really good friend now. When we transferred into the National, we hired him in as our general manager. He's writing a book right now about producing. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Lucy, like, was my co-producer, and she did so much. Basically, yeah. she was, like, the hero of the producing because, I guess, I, uh, for two first-time actor-producers, we had a really hard time um, convincing anyone that, you know, this was a viable opportunity. And so she, like, graciously was like, okay, Kevin, you can star in this one, and I'll step back and produce it, and then we'll produce another play that she'll star in. Um, and then I'll produce and I won't start. And so we ended up doing that. Um, yeah. And so, cool. so cool. yeah. It was All right, crazy. everyone. Are you listening? Doors open. If you don't know exactly how to approach the door, just run through it and you'll figure it out. That's an amazing story. Um, congratulations. Thank I you. have history with M Butterfly. It was one of my big breakthroughs with this business built for the stage. I was, uh, training Jin Ha, who was in the oh, revival back yeah. in 2017 or 18, one yeah. of those two. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so very cool that you just were like, I'm just going to uh, use my maybe Stanford alum connection to send out a quick email, no big deal. <laughs> was it yeah. that easy? Was he that like kind of uh, gracious to say, yeah, cool, or yeah. did you have – Amazing. Yeah, it was, it was, he was like, I had met him uh, very briefly at like a reunion event years ago, um, but he was like, yeah, totally um, super supportive and be like, yeah, go for it. Nice. And have you yeah. kept that, have you kept that uh, tool sharpened in your belt per se, as far as producing goes? Do you still look to do that? Or was that just kind of a time in your life that 
you know, you could say that was cool, but you know, I think it's, I think it's nice that it's there and I know that it can be done. It is exhausting and a lot of work and, you know, I'm not my twenties anymore. I don't know if it's like, I have the energy to kind of sit down and be like, let's, let's produce something. I do think about it sometimes and be like, there's some great stuff that it would be great to bring over and maybe to be in. I would definitely hire someone else to do the producing aspect of it or the yeah. managing of it. Um, but it's nice to have there as kind of a security blanket. I think if you're like, Oh, if my career ever, you know, goes, you know, there's a, a hiatus that's too long. It's like, at least I could produce something that would be exciting about that. I wanted yeah. to want to do. Um, but I'm not actively being like, yeah. I'm going to produce because it is exhausting. Although I have, I have thought about it on the kind of film and television front a little bit to be like, maybe I should start a production company. Um. What, what you, uh, what's your opinion? Uh, more difficult, less difficult, the same producing uh, live theater in comparison to TV film? I think it depends on the scale of what you're, you're doing. I think um, uh, theater wise, you know, cap, depending on you know how big the production is capital wise, there's going to be less capital than if you are producing film and TV, but um, you're like basically guaranteed to lose money in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell, wait, tell us, you know, it's like, are you just, when you produce theater, are you just basically buying a lottery ticket and hoping that you're one of the one out of a million that actually, you know, hits a, I don't know, a Hamilton or a Phantom of the Opera or a, uh, I mean, I I think it, I mean it's really hard to say, right? It, it's <laughs> I, mean, I I I think it is that that taste of like you know um, you know finding something that's really good and um, putting on something that's really good and making sure you do a really great production of it, right? And if I you know I think if it's something's brilliant and really well executed people will come and it you know should you know not lose you too much money but um but it's it's hard right uh, and everyone has different tastes and yeah um, and now theater is like you know it, it's just especially in london like costs are high venues are expensive you know people cost money and and like tickets are not that expensive in London, which is great, but hard for a producer. So mm. it is, it's finding that, yeah, it is, it is a little bit like. That's a, that's a whole other topic. The, the prices, because yeah. the, the, the spectators, the audience get a break, but did the producers yeah. get a break, you know, do they yeah. get, <laughs> so that's, you know, that's a great point. Um, I want to rewind real quick before we uh, we let you go here. Thanks for your time so far. Uh, I've stumbled upon some amazing things that I've taken a lot of insight from. So uh, I know that the people listening are as well. You had said you waited a year to tell your dad. When did you, <laughs> when did you like, quote unquote, make it in a way that you're like, okay, we could tell him he'll be, I think he'll be okay with it. I mean, I think it was always like, um, it was always like, oh, yeah, we're just looking for yeah, other stuff. Um, I think, you know, when I produced Yellowface, it came out pretty quick, pretty quickly. Um, <laughs> like, when you're playing, like, the lead at the National, like, he, he, he has to be okay with it. 
Um, I think I think at one point he like um, the the play or the or David Henry Hong I think was in the Chinese newspaper, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh look, oh look, you're legit now." <laughs> Funny, amazing, cool, uh, Kevin. That's all for today. I appreciate your time. Appreciate uh, you having this little coffee shop chat. You like coffee? Are you a coffee uh, tea. drinker? I'm a tea drinker, not a coffee drinker. All right, you're a tea drinker. Uh, when you went to London, there's a lot of like lovely little cafes around. Do you have any favorite spots that you like to just chill at in London? Oh, good question. Um, I, I basically like, I now have like, memberships at like picture house central and like british museums so sometimes i go to those kind of like rooms yeah um, which they have like tea rooms and like like spaces to work in um before there were some coffee shops in covent garden uh and then kind of like since the pandemic things changed to think you know we had, a, we had a weird couple of years i think you know i think right. everyone had a weird couple of years where Dude, working yeah. was Go to New York City. I, I feel my opinion is that London has bounced. I mean, I don't live there, but just from the vibe, it feels a little bit better than over in New York. Oh, um, really? I in New York. I usually go to New York like a couple times a year, at least once a year. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that was a question I did want to. Do you get homesick from the U.S. or do you like it over there? What's your what's your long term plan? Do you think you're going to stay over in London or what do you think? I'm just kind of like following the work at this point. Um I I was going back and forth to LA a lot. Um, I lived in New York uh, after after Stanford, um, so I go back to New York a fair amount as well. But um, I wasn't getting homesick because I was spending. I was like doing my season. I was doing like episodic season and pilot season in LA, mm. and so I was spending almost half the year in LA. Um, but like since since pandemic, I've stuck over here. Um, it's like. I'm so like comfortable with both. I'm so used to like both that they both kind of feel like home. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel and I'm like I travel so much that I never I never get like really homesick. I'm just like I'll just I'll just go I'll just go back for a weekend. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All right, Kevin. So nice to meet you. Uh, love, love life of pie. Um, loved your stories about just like turning away from the corporate industry and going to theater and just deciding that you're going to produce a play and like so many inspiring things, especially as an entrepreneur, that's constantly just feeling like you're staring over the ledge and just yeah. thinking, Oh, I got, I got to jump. I got to do it. So hearing your story was uh, inspirational to me, especially. So thanks. No worries. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. We'll talk to you later. Bye. You too. All right, everyone. Kevin Shen. So nice. So humble. I feel like he's hiding other things from us, but maybe we'll have him on for a part two um, to hear what else he's refraining to, to share. But uh, if you're in the London area, if you're one of our new listeners over in the UK, go see Life of Pi. It's freaking amazing. Make sure you give Kevin a follow at underscore K Shen. I'm Joe Roscoe from Build for the Stage. Actors or athletes, if you want to try that free trial, go to BuildForTheStage.com. Later.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.